Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle, and I've been freelance for coming up to six years now, and I run my own Squarespace website design and training business, The Wheel Exists. Hi, my name's Michelle Pratt, your other co-host, and my business is Dive Deeper Development, which is a personal development coaching and training business. So welcome to today's uh, podcast, which is all about what to do when there isn't a lot of work out there. The dreaded dry spell. The dreaded dry spell, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I thought about this just because recently I'm finding both myself and with my clients, we've all been doing our hard work, we've been proactive in looking for work. But at the moment, while there's lots of things in the pipeline, it's just one of those periods where there doesn't appear to be a lot out there. Everything's just getting put back or taking a really long time to come through the pipeline. And this happens, doesn't it, Katie? I don't know if it happens to you quite Yeah, much. absolutely. I think in most, in most freelance jobs, there's probably seasonal highs and lows. I know for me, September, October are really busy when people come back after the summer holidays then but but august is generally really quiet but sometimes it's really unpredictable um so january and february as well this january was my busiest busiest january yeah, me ever too. and it never is in january and yeah last october last september october when normally it's when i do the you know the most business was really quiet yeah so even though there are some patterns they don't always conform to it you know if you if you are a freelance wedding planner or something like that then you've probably got you know reasonable amount of consistency in terms of the summer being a busy time but for a lot of people it's harder to predict but sometimes even when you can predict it there's just kind of inexplicable times when you you feel like you've done everything the same yeah you've done the same thing it's the same way you've been proactive and yeah actually for whatever reason there is just maybe maybe a kind of a general you know, pause on taking action amongst the kind of people that you normally work with. You know, obviously we have the B word going on at the moment. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we shan't talk about politics. Um, but you know, is that making people more cautious about spending? I, I mean, I'm mean, asking people this. I'm like, is the current political climate is that? Do you know is that what it is? And nobody can explain it. Yeah. No one's saying yes. It's it's the pol- political ex- situation or it's the economic situation. No one can quite put their finger on it. So sometimes, for no rhyme or reason, it just happens. So today we're going to look at what you can do if you'll find yourself in it. So Kate, I mean, any any suggestions? You've been doing this a little bit longer than me. What what are your thoughts? I think that, well, two things. And one of them I think I'll kind of let you expand on a little bit. Um, the first one is don't panic. Yeah. And, and actually you can talk about the, the mindset stuff uh, probably a lot better than I can, Michelle. Um, so I would say probably before before you even get to this point... The chances are, if you are freelance, at some point you will have a time when you are quieter than you expect, probably. And you know it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you might be lucky and you might not have that. But but probably there'll be a time where, even if maybe it doesn't quite happen, maybe you're worried about it happening or something. So I would say prepare for it as much as possible. So so that then it doesn't have as much of an impact on you. Um, Which isn't very helpful if you're in that position right now. But you can actually use that time to do some preparation work and start thinking about what happens next time. So I'd say if you can prepare for having a quiet time, that's really helpful. So try and have some months of your outgoings covered in savings. Now, the number, there's no magic number. A lot of people talk about between three and six months. For some people, they feel comfortable if they've got a year. For some people, it's just a month. But whatever you feel would stop you from 
being kept awake at night, wondering if you'll be able to keep a roof over your head. However many months you would need to have a bit of peace of mind if you had, say, a quiet month, you you know think about that and try try to get that money saved and put aside. Yeah. And it might mean that you have to make some short-term sacrifices, but to get that peace of mind will be invaluable. And yeah. you only have to do it, you know, you only have to put that money aside once. And and then, you know, if you never have a quiet period, you've got that money. If you do then have a quiet period, you obviously then afterwards need to replenish that stock. But in general, you only need to do it once and then it tides you over until you have a quiet period. Just leave it untouched and yeah. and then it's there for that peace of mind. Just, so. just leave it there as well. I suppose a lot of that will depend on your payment terms as well. So like you say, if you're having a quiet period, even when the money starts to come through, if you've got 30 day payment terms, you're going to be 30 yeah. days. So you might, so two months might be preferable depending on what you've got. Exactly. Yeah. And actually one thing you can do, you know, we, we talked about um, tax and finances in a recent episode um, that we did after the kind of uh, tax self-assessment deadline back in January. And actually, one of the things that we talked about there was putting aside a little bit of money every from every bit of income you get in, putting a bit aside for tax. And you could do a similar thing to have as a kind of buffer for, you know, if you have a quiet time. So for a kind of rainy day fund to, to you know, and then, yeah, if you if you get to the point where you feel confident you've got that work coming in, you can then maybe think about using that to invest in something that would help you to, again, future proof you can't future proof something but to, to make your business more resilient in the future yeah um so you know again there's no magic number percentage wise but you'll you'll find it easier to save in that way than trying to set yourself a target of saying right okay i need to set i need to find three grand from nowhere yeah or yeah whatever so if you can figure out okay whenever you do you know put aside a bit of money for tax and then put a bit aside for emergency fund as well and then just let that build up um, and there's some accounts, um, probably fewer business accounts that do this, but I know there's some kind of personal accounts which, or, or there's you know apps and stuff which will allow you to round up money when you have a transaction and it puts it aside oh, put the penny for aside. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So it's kind of that similar approach to to doing. So I'd say pre- like preparing for it. If it is seasonal and if it's a quiet time that you've you know if you've been freelancing for a couple of years and you've noticed there's a pattern, then try and plan for that. And not just plan for it in the sense of, okay, I know that I need to earn more money the previous month or I need to, or I might need to dip into my savings this month, but actually incorporate it into your pricing. So if you're working out your prices based on having, based, based on how much you need to earn to be able to pay the bills and to save and do whatever else you need, if you're basing that on having work for 12 months of the year, and then you actually only have work for 10 or 11 months of the year, then your pricing model is actually wrong. So, yeah, yeah, you need to put that in. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, there's lots of different ways to work out pricing. That's not how everyone will do it. But actually, if you haven't factored it into your pricing, then it might be worth looking at your prices and seeing if you can change them to make sure that you've in, kind of accounted for that time, uh, that, that you're not going to be working necessarily. So I'd say that that would be the main thing, would be to kind of prepare for it. And then mentally prepare for it, which I think you're going to come on to, Michelle. Um, But, you know, think of it as actually an opportunity to get done those important tasks that you never seem to have time for, but you know will add value to your business. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good time to work on your business rather than in your business. Yeah, just from the mindset point of view, I would just say don't panic. Um, So great to prepare for it, but then once it happens or it comes out of the blue, 
then um, yeah, don't panic. And the reason why I say don't panic is that when you start to look at things from a problem perspective, what happens is you, your thinking starts to narrow and we create dilemmas for ourselves. Like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. I can't do this, I can't do that. And of course, if you start to focus on a lack of something or problems, you tend to stay focused on what you haven't got. The reason why it's good not to panic is um, if you can stay calm, that makes your thinking more innovative, as me to say. It's easy to think broader and wider and it's easy to make associations and come up with creative ideas to solve the problem if you're in a better frame of mind. So do try and take a few deep breaths because it does happen to everybody. And even if times are particularly lean, um, a study called Ginny Ditzler did a book called Best Year Yet, a really good self-coaching little mini workshop in a book, which is really good. And she points out quite early on in that book that there, even if times are generally hard, it's still possible to thrive. There are people who thrive and become very rich, very successful, even in a recession. Well, that's how Airbnb came about and did so successfully because Airbnb, I think, already existed, but it, the timing of it, it kind of really, lo- you know, launching and ramping up was when it was when there was a recession and people were finding that they needed to find other ways to make money. And people that would never have considered renting their rooms out all of a sudden had a site or a tool that made it really easy for them to do that. So there are still ways to actually then work out, okay, if times are quiet, they might not just be quiet for you either. So how can you figure out a way to actually take advantage of that? Yeah, exactly. Spin it to, in your favour. It's so important as well because um, it, sometimes you, people talk like, oh, there's no work out there at the moment. And I hear people say, you've probably heard people say, oh, there's just no work out there at the moment. And that's not true. I mean, somebody somewhere is paying for that product or service. Like you do websites, um, even though there's not a lot of money, spare cash, people have to redo their websites. No, but somewhere there is somebody launching a product, changing a service, or out of that difficult situation, they're having to reposition their business to deal with the hard times, therefore they are probably going to need web changes. Yeah. Training training goes out the window, first of all, when budgets are cut. However... Because it's it, a soft skill. It's a soft skill. <laughs> but if someone is, again, repositioning themselves to deal with hard times, then chances are that they are going to have to rethink, rebrand, pivot their business to deal with the hard times. Therefore, they're probably going to need some kind of change management training or they're going to bring in the new process to make things better for customers, to get a stealer march on the, uh, on the competitors. Therefore, they're going to need training for that. So somebody somewhere, there, is, there are new, as you say, new needs generated from hard times. So and if so, people yeah. have been made redundant, there might be a chance for them to go self-employed and then they, again, need these services like that. You know, if they need a website, if they need graphic design, they might need some copywriting and marketing support. They might need some coaching support. You know, a lot of freelance professions actually lend themselves really well to supporting people who are exactly going through that change and repositioning themselves. And being small and being quite agile, the yeah. ability to flex makes you much more attractive than more well-established businesses who overheads for hire. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's the other thing. I think your, your skills don't go out of date overnight. Um, they might over time if your industry is changing, but your, but your actual skills that you have to offer today are still in use somewhere. So that'd be the other thing I'd say, look at where is the need? Um, you know, some, who's buying, who is paying for your services? I um, used to work in financial services and I moved away from that just to do something a bit different, but financial services do still pay for trading for people even when times are hard and other people cut their budgets back so as much it might make me feel dirty um, (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't really but as much as I wanted to 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 branch out I would happily go back if they're the people that are paying for the work at the time yeah I think that you know you 
you know, you'll know how bad your situation is. You know, you might have a quiet time and you might actually be grateful for it. You might be glad to have a bit of a break and you might feel financially you can handle it, in which case that's fine. If it's getting to the point where you feel financially you're really struggling, then yeah, you know, that's the time where where to maybe not be precious and not and not kind of stick with the ideal clients and yeah. you know if it, if it's we we've talked before about you know not just going for the cheap race to the bottom approach but if it's a choice between that and paying your bills yeah. pay the bills you know <laughs> whoever's paying for the services I'm not, I'm not saying you know going to drug dealing or anything like that but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah find out the need that 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 yourself and all your competitors haven't yet worked out i mean i went to um i went to an event pretty soon after starting going freelance actually and i cannot remember the guy's name but this guy told a story about um one of the speakers at the event told a story um about um somebody that had sold swimming pools i think it was in the u.s and he'd said how you know this guy had made good good living selling swimming pools installations and everything to rich people and in wherever he lived and then when the recession hit people stopped wanting swimming pools and so he was like okay well I'm stuck well you know I can't do anything about it and then this guy had like coached him through it and kind of helped him to figure out okay but he's got a massive existing client base who have got swimming pools and they need to maintain their swimming pools and so he switched from offering swimming pool installation to swimming pool maintenance and upsold sold the various products and services and can work around and say, you know, is it a hassle for you to clean your pool? If they're rich enough to afford swimming pools, they're probably quite happy to make their lives easier and pay someone else to do a chore for them. So, you know, he came around and, and offered to make make them get more value out of what they already had and they exactly, were happy yeah. to pay for that privilege. So I think one of the things that you can think about is can you tap into what your your network that you already have and add value in a different way, even if they've already paid you. Because actually it's quite, it's easier to do business with existing customers because they already know and trust you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I went for a bit of a dry period. They say summer's quiet for me. And one of the things I did, I, I went back to my consultancy clients and actually, now that I had the time and space to think about it, which is one of the benefits of it being <laughs> quiet, was just to go back and say, do you know what, I've spotted needs that their clients have that they don't know their clients have and I know how to fix them so instead of pitching to who I normally pitch I actually went business to business and started saying actually I have some products that I think that would be really useful for you would you like would you like me to develop them for you and the answer was yes for some of them so again you, as you say you can start to take what you already have, the relationship you already have and start to add value in a different way perhaps yeah and just asking questions to you know, of people like we're going to talk about um feedback in one of the podcasts but just asking people okay you know what what problems are you having and, and identify ways that you can help them um and just reaching out to reaching out to your network and you don't have to do it in a salesy way either if, if you don't feel comfortable about kind of actively going out and pitching to people like i know if i emailed my existing clients with an update about new features that squarespace was introducing for example if i just sent out a little email I'm fairly confident that at least one or two people would come back and say to me, do you know what? I've been meaning to contact you because I've been meaning to do some changes to the website and I just haven't gotten around to it. And I'm so glad you reached out to me because I've been meaning to do it and this is perfect timing. And the amount of times I've heard that, that that kind of, oh, I'm so glad to hear from you because I've been meaning to contact you about X, Y, Z. 
that that's what you can take advantage of in these times it's stuff that you wouldn't you know it's not always stuff that i would necessarily do uh, you know i wouldn't necessarily have pitched it to them but you don't know how many people are actually just kind of wanting to contact you but haven't got around to it because they're really busy yeah so you can take away that pain and solve that problem by reaching out to them and taking you know helping them to take something off their to-do list absolutely um so i think yeah i, th- I think the the need identifying the need and also the value that you can add to, with your existing services and even if even if you find that you're struggling to get you know, to upsell new services or anything then there's really kind of bootstrapped ways that yeah, you can do it just kind of doors. go back to basic you know <laughs> unless you've just started if you just started as a freelancer you might already feel like you're in a dry spell but that's different i think you know the the it takes a while to build up a freelance business so if you're in a dry spell now don't panic that's normal and hopefully you've anticipated that to an extent um but so i'm assuming you know that that in most cases you've already had some level of success with your business and then you've had this sudden dry spell or maybe anticipated but you still don't like it so go back to what worked when you first started go back to whatever you did did you knock on doors you know did you put out a message on your personal facebook saying by the way i'm looking for work if anyone knows anyone yeah definitely i think that's i mean you can just bootstrap it i mean normally i wouldn't suggest um playing a numbers game now i know some people do really well out of playing the numbers game they say right call 100 people um 40% 40% will get back, 20% will convert, or 20 will warmly, 10% will finally do business with you. And I wouldn't normally suggest that, um, depending on the industry you're in, of course, just because of the opportunity cost of spending time doing that kind of broad approach i would say focus your energy on where the the value relationship is however if all if all else fails you could just do it you could just and if you've got the time because it's quiet yeah just go for your contact list go through uh directories and just send out a load of cvs send out a load of pitches proposals and just absolutely play the numbers game and if you're at the point where yeah you kind of you know you're panicking just a little bit if it's if that sort of panic is starting to creep in then actually where you would normally have been uncomfortable doing this, you might feel that the sort of, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and all that. It is, yeah. And so actually just if you see it as a time to experiment and do the stuff that maybe you wouldn't have pushed yourself to do normally, you might find a really great technique of finding new customers that makes your life really easy going forwards as well. Yeah, and, and again, you mentioned the contacting friends and family. Like, personally, I don't like to utter the words oh I'm a bit quiet I look you know I'm looking for work I don't want to appear desperate I don't want to look unprofessional like I haven't managed things well but I think there is a real power just being honest and saying to people look I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not really quiet I'm not as busy as I would like to be I'm actually looking for some more work yeah and, and there's ways of phrasing it as well so you know without pathetic yeah it's <laughs> not pathetic like I, I I think if you if you have a network in the freelance community, I think people will understand and want to support you if you said totally. something like that. But I also think that, you know, for example, if you are quiet because you genuinely had a cancellation for something, I think there's no shame in saying, I've got a cancellation, so you know, who you know, take advantage of this time, you wouldn't normally be able to get me at this short notice. Because that's the other thing, like um so my partner and I run a separate business in addition to freelance folk and in addition to the wheel exists, I have my fingers on a lot of pies. So we run a business together doing apps and software development. So he's the kind of programmer. I do more the kind of creative ideas, design stuff. 
And so he left his job in June of last year. So he'd handed in his notice, I think, in April, um, just around the Easter holidays. And I remember it was about two days before he was about to hand in his notice. And he had, so he had a three months notice period and we were like, we had no, literally no work lined up for when he left his job. We had a bit of a financial comfort zone. And so like we'd saved some money so that we could cover our outgoings, but we had no work lined up at all for when he left. And then two days before he was gonna hand his notice, one of my existing clients emailed me and said, by the way, I'm looking for an app developer. Do you know anybody who can do it? And I was like, well, it's funny you shouldn't mention that. And actually, the reason that we got the work was because she'd been ringing around and you know contacting all kinds of development companies and she hadn't found anybody that was able to deliver it within the very short timescale that she had available because they were all booked up with their existing work. So actually, if you could have a think about where who are the kind of people that might need work done at short notice that other companies wouldn't necessarily be able to respond quite so quickly, but I would because I've got this time now. So so phrasing it in that way to say like... I have a slot. I have a slot available, exactly, is my yeah. is the point I was coming back yes. to. And then, so, that, so that, you know, what, what for a lot of people might have been a bad thing was a, was actually a good thing for her. Like the fact that we weren't booked up was a good thing for her. So it sounds good. And, and also people do respond with sympathy, like you say. So your sob story will actually, you know, not you don't have to sell it like a sob story. No, we've talked about having pity parties, Michelle. We don't we do did, that. But <laughs> you do throw yourself in the mercy of other people that are generally quite gracious. Yeah. And, and you normally all hands on deck. Like you say, they know, know how it is. But also ask friends and family as yeah. well as other freelancers. Like they know people who know people. Exactly. Um, and so. I've seen people in, you know, in some of the Facebook groups for, freelance, for freelancers, people post stuff like this all the time to say like I'm going and you say you don't have to ask for help as in give me work but you can go and ask for advice oh I'm going through a bit of a quiet time at the moment has anyone got any tips or how have you dealt with it so that's not again not a desperate pleading kind of way no but you'll get people offering advice and helpful tips but you might also get people going oh well actually I've just been looking for somebody like yeah, you yeah well, I'm overrun at the moment yeah I could do some support so. so I think the kind of recurring theme here is probably you know Put yourself out there to, so that people know that you're available to take on this yeah. work. I think that's the, the key thing. Because otherwise, no one's going to come to you. Because they no. will probably assume that you're fully booked. If you front it out on the on your website or on your social media, you probably look like you're well, well in control. So, yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the other one as well is... I've uh, Katie, I made a note here to talk about adapting. So I do a lot of face-to-face training, but... Um, actually the most of my training work now is delivered through virtual classrooms so I deliver workshops online a lot of people in my industry are reluctant to do this or they don't really like it because you don't get the interaction but that is where most of my work is coming from so I'm able to find work when other people don't because of course when people can't commit time and money to meeting face to face they normally look to do it online to make it cheaper and easier so I have been very um very keen or very open to expanding or or transferring my skills into a different domain and actually that allows me to get work when other people don't get work so I think another thing we could think about is can you adapt your skills or if your industry is changing or or it's getting quiet or perhaps your source of clients before isn't as steady and reliable because we're living in a very uncertain world with rapid pace of change is there an extra string to your bow is there something else you can start to explore to cover your bases so that you can do it and now if you're quiet might be a great time to start thinking about that 
So can you adapt your skills to where the demand is or can you use your skills in a different way? You talked about your swimming pool guy there. Yeah. He's an installer. He's gone to, to maintenance. Yeah, because if you've got those, you know, if you've got those skills, then, yeah, why, why would you not put them to use, you know? And it might not be your preferred thing to do. So for me, I know I prefer doing training and I prefer doing client sites from scratch. I don't love doing retainer work. I only have one retainer client um, and they're special because I used to work for them, so I know them. Um, and, and and so I, d- I don't love doing support stuff, but I could, you know, I can, I can, ch- I can use those skills to do more, more support work. So say someone's already got a Squarespace site that someone else built for them and they want me to go and make some changes to it. I can do that. It's just not, it doesn't spark joy no. as much as everything else. But you can also teach what and you do as well. Exactly. So you might have a particular skill, maybe no one's buying that service in, but could you now teach that skill to other people? Yeah. I think we should do another podcast on teaching your skill um, because that is a whole different subject. Yes. But so there may be scope to do consulting or coaching or workshops as opposed to actually the doing of the thing itself, even if it's not your, your Yeah, thing. and stuff that I've done almost without thinking throughout the process of setting up websites for people. So for example, there's a, a membership plugin for Squarespace called MemberSpace. And I've set that up on my own sites, I've set that up on other people's sites. So there's clearly a demand for people who want help with it being set up. But now I've always done that as part of an existing, a part of an overall web design package. So I've included in the fee, setting up MemberSpace and integrating with Squarespace for them. But if I, if I was you know, looking for extra work, I might look to see if there was people that needed help with their member space installation. So I might go and find where people are talking about that online, search for it, and then go and target those people say, actually, if you need some help, I'm you know, happy to set it up. You know, I have a fi- you know, fixed fee and it's this much or whatever, and just see if anyone bites. So that's the classic, isn't it? Can I um, break my service down into chunks yeah. and sell that thing? Can I bundle things together? Can I actually scale up the process? And yeah, whatever you do, yeah. it can be chunked up, it can be chunked down, it and can it, be packaged with other things. Exactly. And it's a nice time again to experiment with, you know, offering bundles and deals and stuff. So one of the things that I've been quite surprised by. Um, I changed my um, my training offering ever so slightly um, earlier this year, and so now I have a set price for one session, or you can prepay for three sessions for a slightly discounted rate. I think you get twenty five pounds off overall, and the number of people who want to do the three sessions in advance and just the knowledge that they've that, that they've kind of got that committed and yeah. that they feel that they're saving money as well is is you know it's really helpful and it's get better for me in terms of my cash flow and knowing that that money is there as Come well so it's a win-win so are there other ways you can yeah break down or bundle your services or are they you know can you give people special offers in order to entice them in and a lower offering and maybe they when they've got more money they'll yeah, come in yeah exactly like an introductory yeah. rate or something and I think one other thing you can also do is um, if if you think actually like there's there's some clients who are who, who are maybes and you're just struggling to convert them or something could you offer them a discount for early payment so for example if they gave you a deposit early on to lock in the work at a discounted rate, would that convert them? So that not only then seals in that client, maybe at a slightly less, you know, slightly lower rate than originally, but you get a chunk of money up you get the cash flow as a deposit. And they get a discount. And they get a discount. So everyone, everyone's happy. You've solved your problem and you've created a discount for them, which makes them happier. So can you do something like that as well? 
if you're finding that there is some work on the horizon just to kind of speed it up a little bit as yeah, well to get that payment up front and the other thing is can you create something new I know you like to work minimal viable product minimum viable product <laughs> but what is what is there something you can take to market now now I was having in the trainers forum a debate about is there a quick way to get money and I think most people say generally no that no, there isn't. <laughs> but most of us have skills we could sell now so in my case for example I could I don't normally take I balance my coaching clients to training clients but I could sign up a coaching client today potentially if I were to, to put the word out to look and that would be um, one way I could do it most of us have or ideally we should have something that we can sell today and get the value today if we wanted to but be it big or small ideally we should have things that we can do that to so what could you sell what could you offer or create minimum viable product viable product i'll let you explain that <laughs> yeah what can we do on the mvp space that would get that money yeah so so if you're not familiar with it i think i mentioned it in other podcasts but i'm, I'm assuming you've listened to our entire back catalog if you haven't i'm, I'm very disappointed yeah yeah get out <laughs> you're one of our problems come back, come back. <laughs> we love you um but you know minimum viable product is the idea of Basically, what can you really quickly get up and running to test a hypothesis or an idea about a product? So rather than spending years and years working on creating the perfect product, launching it with great fanfare, only to find that people would have liked it if only it was slightly different, or actually they don't really need that product anymore because the time that they needed it was a year ago. So a minimum of our product said it, and it would apply to a service as well as a product. What's something you can do to kind of put, put out there and, and just test the water and start to see if there is a demand for that particular service or product. And then, so it's basically, it's the, it's the minimum viable way. So it has to be enough for people to actually be able to, to use values. it yeah. and benefit from it. But once you've started getting a few people who are interested, you can then develop that product or service with those people or with, with your customers, with a wider community, get their feedback and develop it in conjunction with them. So it grows over time and it grows in a way that really meets the needs of those users rather than creating something in isolation and then telling their users why they should like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's the minimum viable product? Because like if you sell physical products, you put, maybe you make a physical product, but perhaps do you have ingredients or do you have materials? Actually, could you sell those materials or ingredients at a profit just to get cash for the door? Yeah, a bit Alan yeah. Sugar style. Um, or, or it's not physical services. Coaching and consulting is a great way to do it. So if you've set up your own business, you've built up a wealth of skills, you could probably coach or consult or, you know, on an element of what you do, yeah. which would make money. And sites like Skillshare are a, a really good way of doing that so if you're not familiar with Skillshare it's basically and it's kind of like Netflix for like learning basically so you pay a monthly fee there is a free version as well um but the kind of premium courses are on the monthly paid one and you pay a monthly fee and you basically have access to unlimited online courses around so many different things like graphic design photography productivity freelancing like all kinds of stuff um, and so you can get a, a, a course up and running on there really quickly and the advantages you've got then people who are basically already wanting to watch you know learn from that course so the payment works based on how many minutes of your course people watch okay um, so I did a really quick I don't really do Squarespace online training that much mainly because Squarespace are always updating the platform and so the videos would be out of date quite quickly. So I did a, a sort of mini course just on one aspect of it that I thought would probably stay roughly the same. Um, it took me about an afternoon to make, 
And I'm going to probably get between 10 and 20 pounds a month from it. So I'd say that, you know, that was probably about a year and a half ago. And that was just a really quick, short course. So it's not going to get the money in immediately. But again, in this quiet time, could you create a course for a platform like Skillshare? There's tons of other platforms out there, or you could sell it through your own channels, but then the challenge is you need to market, market. it as well. But like you say, if you, but that was just an afternoon. What if you dedicated a day, two days Exactly, a week? and if I could then get to my get to the point where I had, yeah, sort of 50, 100, whatever, a few hundred pounds a month revenue, I don't believe in the term passive income. Yeah, you, you, have <laughs> you to still have it. to do something, but it's a different type of income. And if you've got that quiet time, it isn't necessarily gonna pay the bills immediately right now but you'll be planting the seeds for future quiet times so that you've got that kind of baseline covered even if a few people sell that you know you, you use your contacts to sell that today that's a few quid in the bank it's one less bill to worry about exactly um so which is fine so yeah absolutely um so that that would be another thing you could do and uh, you know you mentioned casey you can sow the seeds now there's the old adage isn't it the best time to plant a tree was it like 20 years ago (laughs) the second best time is now so if you can financially afford it or if you can ride out the quiet period and this is where i say don't panic if you panic about the quiet period then you're going to be desperate and if you're desperate you're going to leap to whatever work is going to pay you but it might not fulfill you it might not drive your business forward now if you have to pay the bills that's fair enough but there is an opportunity cost so if you can hold your nerve or you do can financially cover your costs let's say for the next month or so that time may be better spent rather than lurching towards work that isn't suited to you it might be spent investing in your business and can you do things today that are going to generate more clients for the future so however we spend our time there's an opportunity cost so yes we want to get paid but yes we want to like build our, our work for the future so i think there's a bit of a balance that needs to be struck when we're in that position but it's so easy to freak out yeah <laughs> like emotionally i think more than more than practically sometimes the money's fine you just you're just freaking out and sometimes i panic that it's going to be quiet even yes. before it is quiet and and so then and then you know generally something does come along oh your pipe all the stole the hard work you do something comes back around yeah. so it's from last year suddenly crops up Oh, sorry I didn't get in touch with you. It's all kicking off now. Yeah, so if you're quiet for a few days, don't feel like, okay, this is it, I have to quit freelancing and never... Like like I say, financially, if you can... Most people can manage financially for a quiet week or two. Yeah. So don't don't feel like, okay, because I haven't had work in these couple of weeks I can't be a freelancer anymore yeah it is normal and it's an opportunity I'm going to be on the streets I'm going to be yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you know we've talked in the past about going through the worst case scenarios and actually how that can sometimes be helpful because it makes you realize actually you probably wouldn't be penniless on the streets um so I think if you can use the time to to strategize and to maybe create some content absolutely if you're anything like me I'm terrible at making the time to create content and you know blog posts or videos or other courses that I'd like to create and stuff. But that's the stuff that's your marketing. Exactly, future, isn't it? exactly. That's that's what's going to bring in the clients. Or you know, take the time to add to your skills so that you can charge more for future projects. So again, if you have the same number of projects but you're charging more, put aside the difference and have that as your buffer for an emergency yeah. fund because you'll be used to living with the income that you previously had. So you won't notice it not going into your bank yeah account. that's an interesting one it could even be a good time to spend more money if it's something that will enhance your skills or allow you to offer something different yes although i would say do that with with caution, caution. yes <laughs> if yeah. you are i think yeah if if you know it's a quiet period but you're you're fairly confident there will be work around the corner 
And yeah, if you feel you can justify it and there's an opportunity there that actually, yeah, you wouldn't normally have the time to... I think with, with online courses, paying for training and stuff is always hard because you you don't necessarily have the time to, to A, go through the courses and B, implement what you've learned. So if you've got time to actually do it and turn that, it into a new product that is service. definitely worthwhile. Yeah. And also if you want retainer work, if you want ongoing client work and stuff, can you use, again, this time to create those packages or to create those opportunities for retainer work? Can you start having those conversations during the quiet times in order to kind of lock people in then yeah. once you're back on your feet and... Yeah, yeah, do, do that. It's, it's a good opportunity to do it. Uh, and there is one other suggestion that I have, and I, 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 we put this last. But I mean, <laughs> if all else fails, rather than going back to employee, I mean, you could just sell out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could sell your soul, and uh, if that does the job, that's fine. So you could go to an agency or take a short-term contract. You can go employed for maybe three to six months. If it really is, you know, looking like that, then yes, you could go to an agency and do contract work. And there's sites like People Per Hour and Upwork. Which which I know that a lot of freelancers do still use even during their non-quiet times, but if it's not, if that's not something that you would normally use, maybe the quality isn't quite as good as you normally want, and maybe you have to undercut yourself a little bit. But you know, if it's if it's coming to that, then you can go and use a site like that to just keep plug that gap yeah. and and keep keep the keep the money coming in and actually it's a good way of doing research again coming back to the kind of opportunities to create new products if you go on sites like that the job sites for freelancers and see what jobs people are asking for in your field that could give you an idea of the products you could create Business so even intelligence, if, I even like if it. you don't do it it's a great it's a free market research way basically if everyone is asking for the same thing could you do a course that tells them how to do that for a lot cheaper than if they had to pay someone for example so yeah um so they're, yeah. all, they're all good suggestions and I say sell out I'm, je- I'm joking of course <laughs> I, I've got nothing I, I think I offended some friends the other day when I called them faux lancers <laughs> I'm, no, I'm joking there's no snobbery and of course it, if it's a tactical retreat as opposed to uh, giving up the ghost then I think it's fine you know even take a part time job yeah because you don't have to sort of yeah you don't have to jack in the freelancing but you could just take on a side hustle as I believe the kids are calling it these days yeah um, and, and there's you know th- there might be other ways of doing it if you need as opposed to selling out there might be ways if you need money now are there actually clients who owe you money and you've been kind of putting off following up with them for whatever reason like get that get those invoices paid make sure that you're chasing up your debts if you're owed a refund for anything like like i was accidentally charged some interest on a credit card i've got and it'd been on my to-do list for ages and then i finally rang them up and because it had been going, they basically accidentally charged me interest for like nine months and I hadn't picked up on it because it's a credit card I don't really use. I've just kind of got it sitting there and it was on this interest free rate. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then and then they're like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, we, we messed up. Here's the refund of the money. And we'll also credit your account with an extra 25 pounds for the inconvenience of you having to point this mistake out to us. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you need money now, there are a few things you can do. I think chasing debt is one. Kate, you've just reminded me there. I got treated appallingly by the company that installed my bathroom. It's been dragging on so long. Now it has been sort of resolved. I could write a complaint and I would probably get some money out from the complaint. So sometimes there's not as much mileage in actually going through your invoices, going through complaints, going through stuff yeah. like that and just the stuff you know claiming money back from things. Yeah, if there's something you've been meaning to return, if it's still within that return window, return it. 
yeah, get your money back. The other thing I do is use the opportunity to sell stuff. If I want it, like, summer, summer is a quiet period for me, and I budget for that accordingly, which is fine. But of course, it's always nice to have some extra pennies when you're going on your holidays. So sometimes I use it as an opportunity to declutter and sell my st- stuff. So I've got old games consoles, books, videos. I've got a dress that I bought for a wedding war once, cost me a lot of money, you know, stuff like that. So I have a good old clear out and actually sell sell stuff that, um, as well. So you can get some money coming through the door just from what you've got around your house. If yeah, you really want yeah, to get we've been eBaying cash. recently. So it's I've got been... so much AV equipment, <laughs> so, many mics, so, many, so much that I just don't need. Yeah, especially if, the, if you've bought stuff, you know, when you're starting up, it's really tempting to just buy everything that you definitely need to start your business and then you realise you probably don't really need it. Or you've upgraded. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, can you sell that? Like, it's amazing what people will actually buy. Um, yeah, we had we had a fault with our dishwasher and the it was just a part that needed replacing but for whatever reason the warranty company couldn't source the parts. So rather than just repair the part, they sent us a brand new dishwasher. So we had the old dishwasher that still worked apart from this missing part and we just put that on eBay and someone bought it. Oh, I saw the world's most disgusting carpet. It was horrible. <laughs> someone bought it for 30 quid yeah. to buy their garage or something. It's just mad. So that's, there are other options. Of course, the other one, of course, is review your savings as well. So is the money that you've got working for you? Is there anything you can do with little bits of money you've tucked away? Could you do something more useful with them? And um, record, the other one, of course, is reduce your costs. Yes. You are the queen of this. You are great with a budget. <laughs> I'm just cheap. There's a difference. <laughs> no, you are, you are good with a budget. Um, yeah, no, I am quite ruthless. So, I, I mean, I didn't used to be. I think it's just now there's two freelancers living in one household. There's the constant fear of the dry period, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Even more so, like, when... When one of us had a steady income, it was kind of okay because we were all like, it's fine. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm quite ruthless about going through my um, monthly outgoings and questioning it. And I'm, I love minimalism and decluttering in general. Yeah, and yeah. so I think there's, you know, there's, there's the decluttering of finances as well is really relevant. So just kind of going through and asking like, okay, I've kind of just... If you don't know what you're spending, that's the first thing to do is, is find out find out what you're spending if you don't already know. Because if you're just kind of letting that money go out of your account, you might be being charged for stuff you're not even using anymore that you've just not cancelled the subscription for. So the first thing would be that. And then go through, yeah, and just and just kind of question like, do I actually need this? So personal life and in your business as well. Um, oh yeah. Like when I work full time we used to have subscriptions to things. We wouldn't think about it because I had more money yeah, more exactly. than I had time. But now I can actually use the time and we've cancelled subscriptions to things that I like, but don't, I mean, National yeah. Trust, I liked, we don't use it. Yeah, we had Sky, like Sky TV as we've well as the Sky. We've cancelled that. Don't need because Sky Because like, we just watch Netflix, we can Chromecast stuff. If there's the odd programme on Sky Atlantic that we miss, then I feel like we'll survive. <laughs> you can buy it on DVD normally <laughs> exactly. if you really want yeah, to. Yeah, or on like, you know, like, Google Play or, or iTunes equivalent or whatever. But membership, um, subscription. My yeah. gym membership, I'm paying for gym and classes. I don't use the gym. I can reduce that. That's going to be about £60 a year. If I and sometimes you can negotiate, especially if you've been a long-term customer. You can get in touch with these people. And if you, if you threaten to leave, then they'll generally give you a better deal. Like if you're just on the same mobile phone plan as you used to be, then can you switch to a different one and, or switch to a SIM-only one? Like there's so many ways that you can save money or just kind of go, right, this is actually kind of... So there's a podcast I love called The Minimalists. Um, and one of the things they always say is, does this add value to my life? And I love that phrase. I prefer it to the kind of Marie Kondo spark joy Does approach. it bring me joy? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, lots of things bring me joy, but I don't need them. Um, so 
so with that is you know does it add value to your life is it is it kind of taking you to where you want to be and I know Michelle you always do a lot of work around your values and goals when you're doing coaching sessions and actually sometimes with a business it's, it is about making slightly tricky decisions and going okay what's more important to me like having the subscription to to sky or having a thriving business okay well kind of the business <laughs> but also even if it's not that desperate like you can easily spend 50 pound a month on sky that you don't need as that as an example would you rather have the sky subscription or would you actually rather have that money to do something cool would you rather yeah, go out to dinner yeah like, exactly yeah yeah i would rather have the spare cash for the experience than the than the entertainment personally. yeah yeah so i still on a friday morning go and spend money on a coffee and a donut even though i could use a free co-working space because i it's it's like my little like treat for myself and it you know that that does add value and spark joy and so it's not like I'm like oh I'm never gonna spend any money it's more like it's more of a considered purchase like I yeah. it's not an impulse buy and I feel like I've kind of yeah gone through everything and questioned it like my Adobe Creative Cloud payment went up and so I was like so I got on you know got onto them and said like why has this gone up they're like oh you were in a promotional rate it's ended now I was like oh okay well so check that for starters yeah so I was like but it might not have been it might have been an error so actually I was like okay well that is you know and actually I then I, so then I did a bit of a calculation to say okay well actually I only need I only use like one or two services is it still cheaper for me to be paying this yeah amount or month? does another service a disruptor yeah. come in that's not going to charge you exactly. as much yeah but it's always easier to reduce cost than it is to get money through the door so that you know that could be if it helps you sleep at night that could be one yeah. thing that you could do so exactly. the, the getting money now debate I think maybe that, that could even be another podcast but maybe you can think of some ideas of how to get money now yeah it's tricky but the stuff you can do exactly so yeah I think Michelle if you if you could just go for one piece of advice if people are feeling a bit worried that there isn't much work out there what what one thing would you tell them i would i would probably go with um i'll be cheeky and pick too i would say first of all don't don't panic you know speak to people tell them that you're struggling or tell them what you're looking for and actually what you may find out of that comes comes some help from somewhere if i had to pick a second thing i'd say go for minimum viable product what what can i create what need is out there that i could meet today that i could get some money through the door and that's probably what i'd focus because it focuses on what you can do rather than what you can't yeah definitely and you um i think i'd say go back to your existing clients because it's going to be much easier to get new work out of them than it is to form your whole new relationship in a short term yeah that beginning to end of the building with a a relationship with the client is takes a lot longer exactly so I think that's pretty much all we have time for. This is one of our longer podcasts that we've done, actually. I hope you're not struggling too much. I hope you're not having <laughs> and a dry yeah, spell. And do reach out to people if you're struggling. Reach and, out to us. Yeah, reach out to us. We're on we're on the internet. We're on Twitter. I'm at The Wheel Exists. Yeah, and I'm at Dive Deep Depth. D-I-V-E-D-E-V-P. Dive Deep Depth. Short for development. Yeah, that's me on Facebook. That's me on Twitter. Yeah, so I'm at The Wheel Exists on all good social medias. Um, and yeah if, if there's any tips or if there's any questions or if there's any subjects that you'd like us to cover in future podcasts then drop us a line and we'll see you next time for 99 problems but a boss ain't one <laughs>